Welcome to the show. Haven't done a football podcast in a while, so I thought it's time to catch everybody up that's been listening to the show. I appreciate your listenership. Also, head over to FancyPreston.com, read the various articles I've written, check out the site. It's great. Today, we're starting with the Thursday night game. Okay, pay attention. This is a good one. New England Patriots versus the Los Angeles Rams. Patriots are 6-6 six and six on the year. Los Angeles Rams are 8-4 and four on the year. The Rams are a minus 4.5 favorite. The over-under is set at 44. This game could go under. I mean, that's definitely something I could take away right away from this. Uh, the Rams are 17th in points scored. The Patriots are 23rd in points scored. Now, what's important to note is that when you look at the depth chart for this game, we're talking about uh, potentially uh, both teams uh, having some sort of uh, loss here. But the Patriots, maybe with the uh, more, I would say, better end about this, uh, you know, Julian Edelman is, you know, we know he's not going to play. Um, We also know that the Patriots, uh, besides what they did to the Chargers, um, are still without Rex Burkhead, who's a big part of the offense. Their defense has been somewhat uh, depleted. Uh, Cam Newton comes in this game as probable with an abdominal issue. Um, I I just look at this and I say, wow, uh, even if your quarterback is probable uh, that he's dealing with something here, he's definitely going to take a few sacks tonight. Because the Rams' defense is very athletic. They're good at getting after the ball. They don't um, They don't try to be cute. They really get after it. Uh, the Rams rank fifth in points allowed on defense per game. Second in total yards surrendered. Uh, first in passing yards surrendered. Uh, third in passing yards surrendered. The Patriots all fall below those categories uh, with those statistics. We could start to see a trend here that it's pretty much uh, a one-sided defensive uh, defensive affair here. You have the Los Angeles Rams that are going to be very stout tonight. I think they are really focused on this game. They see the opportunity in the NFC West. We'll talk about that later in the show when we talk about the Seahawks and the Cardinals. But the NFC West is really up for grabs. And uh, it's coming down to it. Only a few weeks left in the NFL. So I expect the Rams to have a complete game tonight. I'm taking them to win. Uh, that's the way I feel about uh, the Rams versus the Patriots. Uh you could make many uh, critical thinking tells us let's argue both sides. You can make a case for the Patriots, but the problem I have with the Patriots tonight 
is that this is not the Chargers defense. This is the Rams defense. Ten times better. They'll show it tonight. The next game is Houston versus Chicago. That's a noon kickoff central time. And you have the Houston Texans uh, four and eight on the season. The Chicago Bears five and seven. Both of these teams have identical stories. Both of these teams uh, are very similar in so many ways. And the big difference with this game is going to be the quarterback position. And I say that specifically because Deshaun Watson is better than Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky combined, right? Like Deshaun Watson is a pure talent that just is lacking the offensive firepower that other teams have um, and are being successful with. The Houston relies a lot on their defense. Their defense has to help them in this game. Their defense has not been good this year. Um, and I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if it's the play calling, if it's the lack of effort. But there's definitely something there with the Houston Texans defense that's not, that doesn't look like the same defense we got last year with a mighty defense. JJ Watt, the great. And I mean, now you just, you're starting to see all of that kind of fade away, fade away into the night. Um, and the Bears defense, still a formidable defense, but not not good. Uh, I think Khalil Mack is uh, basically a one and done. I think that was a one year thing for $100 million. I don't think you're going to get the same level of play from him and you haven't gotten it. I think the rest of the defense is average and below average. I think the Houston Texans have enough firepower in the passing game uh, and the ability for Deshaun Watson to run the football when he's in trouble instead of standing there like a deer in the headlights uh, like Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles have done and cost the Bears over and over again uh, seven times they've cost the Bears this season well it's a team it's a team game so the team takes the blame so both these teams are taking the blame right now and I think uh, the Texans do themselves a big favor and beat the Bears in this game on the road. Houston's favorited on the spread uh, by a point. The over-under set at 45. I do believe it's going to go over that because I think that both defenses are going to struggle. I do believe both defenses will struggle in this game. I think the Bears' offense is going to struggle, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to struggle more than the Texans' defense. That's kind of where I can't make heads or tails of it. But I will say I'm going with the Texans. I like the Texans in this game. That's my pick uh, for this contest. The next game is Dallas versus Cincinnati. So we have the Cowboys versus the Bengals here. The Cowboys are favorited on the spread, minus three and a half. The over-under set at 42 and a half. Um, we can... You know, I could really be a jerk and just rip on these two teams, but it's really not worth it, is it? We know who these teams are. The Bengals all around suck. The Cowboys all around suck. But there's still some signs of hope in the Cowboys. Not for this year, but for next season. Where I look at the Bengals and I say, even next year... 
you, you, a couple free agency moves, a couple draft picks is not going to change the, the route that you're on. It's just not. And, uh, and for the Cowboys, it's a different story. You get Dak Prescott back, you rebuild the defense, and you keep uh, Dak protected better than you did this year, and you do have a team. You have to figure that this Ezekiel Elliott situation out, though. You're going to have to figure that out uh, in the front office for the Cowboys. But specifically this game, noon kickoff, Cowboys are 3-9 and nine on the season. The Bengals are lowly 2-9 and nine and one tie on the season. Just awful. I like the Cowboys. I think the Bengals without, uh, the Bengals without Burrow is a lot worse than the Cowboys without Prescott. I think that Dallas is uh, a terrible team, but I think they're still a team that can score points. Um, it's, it'll be ugly. This will be ugly. This is the toilet. This is probably the toilet bowl of the season, and it doesn't even deserve airtime. But it, you know, for whatever uh, small market it's in, uh, what you I mean? It's football's football to me. But Dallas three and nine, Cincinnati Bengals two nine and one. I mean, you can't make a case for a worse game than this uh, right now uh, for Week 14. So the Cowboys even with all their problems can move to 4-9 on the season and who knows with the NFC East it looks like the Giants are the team to beat in the NFC East but that's still to be determined the Cowboys will do themselves a big favor here if they win this game I can tell you that much I do really think the Cowboys come out on top I think they win this game Uh, I think it's close over under at 42 and a half is sounds like a trap to me uh, I would stay away I just think the Cowboys went out right and I think they do it pretty easily because I and I and maybe they don't do it as easy as I think but I just look at this Bengals defense this is a beat-up unit um, their linebackers are slow their their coverage is weak they have like one good cornerback okay then prove me wrong you know that's the way i look at this game prove me wrong then because what i'm seeing is what i'm getting and what i'm getting is two nine and one on the season so you can't have many bright spots when your record is this is this bad it's it's really a tragedy for these fan bases how disconnected are these fan bases because of how terrible these teams are? That's sad. Very sad for the NFL. But Kansas City versus Miami is our next game. And this will lift our spirits up. Because now we have a game that I believe is going to be game of the week. Kansas City Chiefs 11-1 and on the season. Uh, the talks of Dynasty, the talks of Patrick Mahomes being the great one, Miami Dolphins, uh, here they come, to it at the, at the quarterback position at the helm. Uh, Gaskin should be able to go. There's some questions if Gaskin's going to go. I'm, I'm pretty sure Gaskin's going to play. The Dolphins know what's at stake in the AFC East and in the AFC overall, trying to fight for the second seed. And I think they have a good shot at getting to the second seed. We'll talk about why later, but uh, it has to do with the Steelers. But I think Miami is in a position to win out, 
And I think what they have to do to win out, obviously, is beat the Chiefs. Their defense is the best defense the Chiefs have fa- will face all year. This defense coming up. It's going to be the best defense they've faced all year. Very physical team. I think if the Chiefs try to make this a physical game, uh, they, they really lose. If they get away from their speed, their athleticism, and they focus on the physicality of this game and the nature of how the Dolphins play football on defense and the way they're coached, I think the Chiefs lose. Now, I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. I'm going to go out on a limb. They're like plus 270 on the money line. The Chiefs are minus seven and a half favorites. The over set at 50 and a half. Give me the Dolphins. The money line is like plus 270. Not many people are going to take it. That's fine. But there's a lot, there's a dip happening here. And I read on VSIN.com that basically the sharp money was hammering uh, the the Chiefs early. And now there's some pullback there. And it's starting to spin the the, the other way. I think that's a good little line to, to pick from. Um, I think the Dolphins have a good receiving core, most underrated receiving core in the NFL. I think if Gaskin does play, that definitely reaffirms my belief. But even if something happens where Gaskin doesn't play, I still like the Dolphins. Because I think that you have some questions on the Chiefs side of the ball. Let's talk about them. So Tyreek Hill might not go. Uh, Clyde's Edward, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which is the best thing the Chiefs uh, could have been blessed with. Uh, the best player that could have been blessed with this season was him. And he, I'm telling you, just give this guy the ball. He's developing right before our eyes. Um, he might not go. So, okay, that's fine. But their defense is still good. Chiefs defense is still really good. The Dolphins are going to... This may not be the high-scoring game, the shootout that uh, the network is hoping for. But that's okay because you're going to get a physical game no matter what because the Dolphins are going to bring that to the Chiefs' doorstep. They're going to bring that physicality into this game. They're playing at home, Chiefs on the road, not getting to sleep in their own bed. I think the Dolphins are feeling good. I think they're feeling rejuvenated. Uh, The fan base is rejuvenated. They have fans in the stadium. I like the Dolphins here. I think that you have you you have something with this Dolphins team, and I think the Chiefs are overlooking that. That's my main point I'm trying to drive. The Chiefs are overlooking this game. We got it in the bag. We get up early. We can rest some guys. I think the Chiefs are overthinking and overlooking this game. They're they're going to try to complicate this, and the Dolphins are going to keep it simple. They're going to play their game the way they play on their home field, and they're going to win this one. I like the Dolphins. There's some really good stats to look at for this game, too. When you look at total yards, it's a dead heat. Kansas City Chiefs rank 17th in total yards surrendered on defense uh, in the NFL, and the Miami Dolphins rank 16th. Passing yards, it's really close. Kansas City Chiefs rank 12th at 225.8 225.8 yards. Dolphins ranked 15th at 232.8 yards surrendered on defense per game. Rushing yards. Uh, this is where the Dolphins are better than the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have some questions around that running back position right now with Clyde Edwards, Lair being 
questionable. That could change. We got to get closer to game day. But, you know, right now, and even if he does play, I still like the Dolphins. Uh, 21st place, uh, 122.4 yards they give up on the ground. But the Chiefs give up 132.4 yards per game. They rank 27th. That's not good. And it's, it's not as good as the Dolphins either. So when we look at fourth down percentage, the Dolphins are third in the NFL at 80% on fourth down. They're going to be in, be in many, many positions to go for it on fourth down. Now, I don't know if they're going to get to fourth down an awful lot, but as you can see, they are getting to fourth down a lot uh, over the course of this season. So this is a team that's putting drives together, that's uh, running the clock um, and time of possession is dead even between these two teams. And the Dolphins are going to try to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands as much as possible. That is their main prerogative besides scoring points and stopping the Chiefs from scoring points. Other than that, the Dolphins are going to try to control this football. They will control the football, and, and I do believe that, and they will win this game. What the hell happened to the Arizona Cardinals? Six and six on the season. They play the Giants on uh, the next game I'm going to talk about here. Five and seven Giants. Don't buy stock in the Giants yet. We There's still some things that have to play out in that division. Uh, Arizona, six and six on the season. So what do you see with this team here? Um, we don't know how they're going to play, how they're going to respond from their three-game losing streak. I mean, geez, it's not been pretty. But the Giants, uh, besides their defense, which they have some guys on that defense that are, you know, some really good players. Uh, Blake Martinez and other guys that actually have come to play and keep coming to play every week. So I'm not a hater of the Giants as much as I am. They're just not an impressive team. There's not one area on the Giants I look at and say, yep, they do that better than so-and-so. Or they do this better than this team. It's just not there. Uh, the Giants are dogs here, plus two and a half dog on the uh, spread. Uh, was plus one and a half. Cardinals actually minus two and a half. Um, so when you take it for what it's worth, we can see that the Arizona Cardinals are 5-7 and seven against the spread. Uh, Giants are 8-4 and four against the spread this season. So Giants on the spread is not uh, too far off. But the problem I think they're going to have is that the Cardinals defense has been kind of uh, ridiculed and made fun of. And I think they're going to come to play. I think they're going to use that um, and work against the grain here and actually come up with a good win and a much-needed win in the NFC West race, which is tightening. And if they don't win this game, I see the Cardinals not making the playoffs. They need to win this game. And I think they're coming in with that mentality, do-or-die mentality. The Giants are coming in with that same mentality. So I like this game. I think it's going to be a competitive game, a physical game. I think every yard is going to be fought very, very hard for. And this is potentially a playoff game for these two teams. Like, this is a playoff game. If you really, you know, put that put that in your mind for a second. I mean, this is potentially a playoff game for these teams. If you lose here, 
that's it for the Cardinals. Might not be it for the Giants just because of how bad the East is. So the Cardinals and the Giants, yes, they're playing the same, but the Cardinals are actually facing uh, an elimination situation if they can't pull off a win here. They're already on shaky ground. There's so many trends that show the Cardinals will cover the spread in a play against the Giants. And besides all of that, I just like the Cardinals here because I just think there's so much going for them uh, that the Giants just don't have those same qualities that uh, the Cardinals have. The Cardinals are coming on the road. They took a beating. Um, all of a sudden, they're not going to show up. I have a hard time believing that. Uh, losing four out of their last five, but they did beat Buffalo in that great epic game. So there's there's a lot that be that can be taken away from this. Just so much, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald uh, activated for this game. You have Hopkins to throw to. You have options. There's definitely options here. And, you know, teams wish they had these guys. And you have Kyler Murray, which I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. Everybody wants to give him uh, crap. You know what I mean? They want to talk smack. Okay, but those are the same people that aren't complimenting him when he does something good. So that's all. That's a really uh, shady way to play the game. <clears throat> to play the game of uh, critiquing, but never uh, indulging in satisfaction. That's just a weird thing to me. Just a weird thing. But I still like the Cardinals all around as a team. I think they're just an all-around better team than the Giants. I think if you were this, like I said, this is potentially a playoff game. You're going to see. This game be played like a playoff game through the entire course. And I just think the Cardinals outlast the Giants. I just see them outlasting this Giants team. Um, What else can really be said about this game? Uh, Points scored. The Cardinals still rank ninth compared to the 30th ranked Giants. In all statistical categories, uh, besides fourth down, the, the Cardinals are better. Um, and time of possession, the Giants tend to uh, do better there, ranking 20th. Uh, the Cardinals uh, ranking 25th. But the defense per game, the Giants have been really good against uh, opposing rushers, ranking 4th, opposed to the Cardinals, who rank 22nd. Giants only giving them 96.7 yards a game. Okay, that's good and well. And those are all great. I mean, see, you know, it's great. You know, okay, there's your stats. But the point is the Cardinals, they're not a, the, a run first team. They're Kyler Murray first team. Whatever Kyler Murray wants to do. Does he want to run the ball? Does he want to pass the ball? Does he want to hand off the ball? Not so much. He wants to run the ball. He wants to pass the ball. So it's really a Kyler Murray first team. Until that changes, you know, this team is what it is. It's a 6-6 six and six team. So they are who they are. The record says they're 6-6. Six and six. Okay, that's who they are. The Giants are 5-7. and seven. Yeah, that's who they are. Normally, seven losses uh, 
uh, you're out. You're done. You're not making the playoffs. The Giants are still in the hunt. So, you know, take it for what it's worth, people. I just think the, the Cardinals are a better team. They play in a better division. They're playing against tougher opponents. What have the, what have the Giants shown you besides they can beat up on a couple crappy teams? The Cardinals have actually beat good teams. I would note it down, but I like the Cardinals in this one. Next game, we got Minnesota Vikings versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Noon kickoff, right? All these games so far have been noon kickoff except the Thursday night game we talked about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Six and six Vikings. They're trying to show us something. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, seven and five. I'm not, I haven't bought in. I haven't bought the stock of the Buccaneers yet. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Because I'm not sold on Antonio Brown's redemption story. I'm not sold on uh, the rushing game that seems to have disappeared. I'm not sold on the offensive line that one game looks like they can protect Brady and another game looks like they can't protect Brady. Tampa Bay's a minus six and a half favorite on the spread over under 52. But I can't help but think Tampa Bay will win this game. You don't want to go against Tom Brady too much. You should have learned that by now. At least as a degenerate gambler, you should have learned that by now. Don't be going against Tom Brady too much. What are you thinking? You know, use at least some screws that are left in your head. Uh, the Vikings are really a piss poor team. They played like a piss poor team. They uh, they've gotten caught with their pants down, so to speak. I think Tampa Bay wins this one pretty big. I think the Vikings' defense is awful. I think they're they were they will they would be a little bit better if uh, they wouldn't have had the injuries to Barr and other players on the team, Kendricks, but. That's not going to save them. Yes, it hurts them, but it's not going to save them. They've also gotten rid of a lot of guys. And they're just not... They're a pretender. Just a couple weeks ago, we are talking about them, you know, being done. That's over with. People are still trying to make a little bit of a case. Oh, there's still a chance there. There's still a chance. You know, extended format for the playoff. Look, don't buy stock of the Vikings. And I'm not going to tell you not to buy stock of the Buccaneers. I'm just going to say I haven't bought any stock of that yet. I'm not. I'm not seeing that for more than uh, face value. That's they're a face value team. You don't know what you're gonna get until you get it. You really don't. And uh, I do think that they win this game. I think they win it big. They get they get thirty points, maybe maybe more, 30, maybe thirty five points somehow. They get a safety somewhere, thirty eight points. Who knows? But it's gonna be over thirty points. Question is the Vikings. Can they muster up uh, 23 points? You know, can they muster up enough to uh, go over on the on the uh, the over here? Yeah, they can. They can because they have still one of the best receivers in the league, and Adam Thielen, who no one cares about, no one talks about him. They like say they there's a little good article here. Yeah, read that. Ah, eh, sit down with your coffee, read that. Your $8 latte, $12 latte. Treat and read that. That's okay. But they really don't appreciate Adam Thielen like they should. And he, 
he's vocal. He cares. You see the frustration. That's what you need. You need to see something. Not this uh, somber, whatever. We'll get him next time. Well, that's not how champions are made. You think Patrick Mahomes became a champion being quiet, silent, threw a pick and just shut up and said nothing? No. He's vocal about it. What went wrong? How do we fix it? Did you suck? Did I suck? Who sucked? Someone sucked here. I mean, that's what we're looking at. So, uh, Minnesota plus six and a half on the on the uh, the spread. If you buy up, if you want to buy up, you might not even have to buy up. But uh, that's not a bad bet. But I just think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. I think they I think they went big though. But the spread looks tempting. Looks tempting. Like, oh, can Minnesota keep it close? Because Tampa Bay's defense is really not that good. They just, everybody says they're good. Just one of them things, right? Everybody says it, but it's really not true. Oh, he really did that, but he really didn't do that. Like, it's one of those things to me with the Buccaneers defense. So, I just, I stick it with, you know, my pick here. Buccaneers, they win. Uh... They got a couple running backs. I mean, they could get one of these. They get one of these guys going. Get the other one involved in the passing game. You got something there. But if they want to go farther than uh, the wild card round, they're gonna have to really figure this thing out. Because I just I'm not buying into this team. I just I can't yet. I, you know, I, I look at it, like I said, I'm pretty sure I talked about it before. This is like the Peyton Manning story all over again. Peyton Manning goes to Denver. First year, they don't get it. Next year, he gets it. This is what I'm seeing with the Buccaneers. Like they just don't have the team they need yet. Uh, Mike Evans, questionable. Chris Godwin, questionable. He's got a finger injury, though, so I think he'll play. But Mike Evans with a hamstring, he might not play with a hamstring. Good. He could. But, and eh, does really want to risk it? You already lost O.J. Howard because, you know, that was a freak injury that happened to O.J. Howard. But, man, I really like that guy. But just the injuries for the Vikings are just too much. You got Kyle Ru- Rudolph is questionable. Why? Why even play? Why? Why, Kyle Rudolph? Why? Why even play? Because uh, it's not like Kirk Cousins is throwing the ball to you. And when he does, it's like, you know, double coverage triple coverage like what the hell is this so yeah a lot of trends saying the vikings are gonna do good on the spread that's okay so what doesn't change my mind i like the buccaneers here man i think they're at home i think they're feeling good the weather's gonna be magnificent the vikings playing on their freaking uh under the freaking dome not even playing in the cold not a real cold team anymore so the vikings uh it might may, may be too hot for the Vikings in, in Tampa Bay. You may see that. You may see the fatigue set in early on the Vikings in this one. So that might that might be where you just watch that spread. Wait for the second half, third quarter, late third quarter, early fourth quarter at the latest. But then sometimes you're just too late. But around that third quarter is the best betting point. Somewhere in that third quarter. When you see the momentum change, you see the momentum shift. That's when you got to know when you know hedge your bets. So I would look around there, but I like I I do prefer the live betting. I really do. It's great, and it uh it's an added twist, right? It's an added twist. 
So we got the Buccaneers. I think they're going to win big. I think that's a little teaser. Is a minus six and a half or whatever. Yeah, right. They'll probably they'll probably do twenty or one by eighteen somewhere there. Next game we got Carolina versus Denver. Carolina is minus four. The line isn't even fully made for this game yet, but I can tell you right now, you know, just a head to head. Panthers win this. Panthers win this because even though the Broncos will run the ball well against the Panthers, I expect the Broncos to run the ball really well, and I hope so because Melvin Gordon's in my fantasy team. But either way, I do think that the Broncos are just a pretender team with with the big question mark at quarterback position. No one gave Drew Locke a chance. That's the problem. Fan base turned against them before a guy really got to show us stuff. You know, it's hard to be a quarterback in the NFL, man. I just, I, I can't help but feel for the guy. And then Carolina Panthers, you know, what a what a fun team is the Carolina Panthers. This is a fun team. They're a team that's like, yeah, they're not going to go far this year. Uh, but you got Christian McCaffrey upgraded to probable. So that that's enticing. You got Teddy Bridgewater, who I freaking love some Teddy Bridgewater. This guy's great. He's an awesome talent. Sometimes you don't know what you're getting with him, but it is what it is. I mean, it could be a lot worse. And then you have the Broncos defense that's just all banged up, depleted. Um, there's no one in the helicopter. It's just a helicopter with a pilot. There's nobody in the back of the helicopter. It's just, that's it. Big helicopter, nobody in it. And the Panthers still have plenty of people in the helicopter. And they're flying around looking for where they want to land. Do they want to land in the playoffs or not? I think that they're playing at home. Broncos traveling. Coming off the mile high air, I think that the Panthers uh, take this one right from under them. I really do. I don't. I don't see too much going for the Broncos at this point. Besides running the ball, they can run the ball. I mean, you got two physical running backs, so there's something to be said for that. You got a young defense. You know your veterans. You know, they couldn't hang this year. But, hey, it, it it will work out eventually for the Broncos because you, you have, you're starting to put the right pieces together. It's just not going to be this year. Right now, the Panthers are in better shape to win this game. Uh, stats will tell you one thing. But I'm telling you, you know, what's going to happen here. Uh, defensively, the Panthers aren't good. I, you can make a really good case that the Panthers defensively are worse than the Broncos defensively. Won't matter because the Panthers are going to control the ball a lot more than the Broncos in this game. I see a lot of three and outs. Three and out, three and out, three and out. Maybe put together a couple first downs, out. You know, that's what I see the Broncos. They don't score a lot of points. They score less than 20 points a game. Panthers are edging over 20. They're 23. 
you know so i just i'm just finding more reasons than i can for the broncos to go with the panthers here so i really think this is a not an easy one so to speak uh to bet but i i would just have to side with the panthers i mean they're four and eight the broncos are four and eight you're playing for you're not playing for first round draft or you're not playing for the first pick of the draft you're playing for your dignity so i expect a good game competitive game christian mccaffrey plays and he's fully involved you're gonna have a uh, situation where this could get out of hand for the broncos and i do believe that because he's going to be playing a lot harder than a lot of guys right now because he's trying to catch up from all this time he's been missing with injuries um i really do believe that so give me the panthers in this one line's not made yet like i said i don't have the full line here you know we just got minus we just got the spread we just got the spread so when the line populates i'm sure it's going to be close they're both four and eight teams um i mean i guess they could go haywire and just make the panthers a big favorite here but they they really are not a big favorite the broncos are just not that good and the panthers are just a better team at this point in the season even though the record will tell you one thing stats will tell you one thing time of possession will dictate this one the panthers hold on to the ball a lot longer teddy bridgewater he's he's this is a guy that is he knows what he's doing he and see new orleans with teddy bridgewater here was the thing about that he knew drew Brees was coming back to take the job so all he had to do was sling it. All he had to do was put it all on the line. He didn't have to worry about his job because Drew Brees was coming to take his job. So there's no, his job was already gone. So he was playing with that fire. Right now, he's the guy in, in Carolina. So the fire is not the same. The intensity is not the same. So that's what's going to have to change for Teddy Bridgewater. It's a mental, it's, you know what I mean? What is it, 80% mental or 90% mental, 10% physical? Whatever you want to make the numbers out to be, I don't care. I just, I can see it in the play, in the level of play. Go through the videos, go through the highlights, go through the game footage, look at it. It's there. It's not the same intensity. He's holding the ball longer. Um, he's not calling guys out. He's really becoming methodical in his approach. And yes, that's good in a way, but it's also he's losing that fire and that intensity and that, hey, you know, let's go. That was your that was your past. You know, you need to you need to be able to hold on to that. Start building that accountability for your receivers again, because it's not there. And I don't know if that's just the culture with the Panthers or what, because I, I'm we've seen cam newton had that problem with kelvin benjamin down there we don't know what other problems are going on i mean there's there's a lot of guys from that time that are still there so we don't know uh what the culture's like we just know what we're seeing and what we're seeing is the intensity is dropped off christian mccaffrey phenomenal playing great teddy bridgewater good quarterback i love the guy i i think he's a great guy just i i'm struggling to find where when and where he's going to turn that intensity up is it going to be this week could be is it going to be next week well 
Next week is never now. Next game is Tennessee, 8-4, versus Jacksonville Jaguars, 1-11. It's going to be close. This is going to be a close game. Now, Tennessee's minus 9 favorite on the spread. Over-under set at 52.5. I don't... Well, you know what? I do think this goes over. Because I think what happens is I think the Titans are going to be playing with some fire here. They've been let down. They've been letting themselves down. And it's really on their coach. Sorry to say, it's on their coach. Bad game management. Bad uh, clock management at the end of games. Bad play calling at the end of games. And... As far as the offense goes, you know what you're going to get with Derrick Henry. That brother's bringing it every week. With Tannehill, what's happening is what everybody knows what's happening. It's Ryan Tannehill. This, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to get fancy. He's not going to go run for the first down and uh, get up and do the belt. He's just going to be a pocket passer. Teams know that. Teams are catching on. That's what's happening. You you need your offensive line to protect better, but you're asking a lot out of your offensive line, a lot. Like the Titans are asking a lot because they're a run-oriented team, run-balanced team. And with that in your mind, you the, def- the opposing defenses know it. They're stacking the box. I mean, all these things are true, and they're happening right before our eyes. However, Jacksonville's defense is awful. It's awful. They're one and eleven. Don't don't give me any statistics. I don't care. I'll throw them right back at you. Tennessee's eight and four. This team's well alive in the playoff hunt. They've been beaten up. They've beaten up teams. They beat up Buffalo 42-16. Oh yeah. They beat up uh, the Colts 45-26. Oh, yeah. That's right. And they've been beaten up by the Colts. Oh, yeah. By the Cleveland Browns. Yep. It's close. But that bad clock management. Bad decision making. Mm-hmm. That's right. Jacksonville will surprise you because their record doesn't tell the whole story. This is a tough team. This is a team everybody's picking on because of their record. But at this point, I do feel like they're tanking. And I think they'll show up early that first half. Yep, it'll be close. Don't hedge your first half bets. Be looking for that, like I said, the third quarter because, man, I think the Titans are going to turn it up in this one. I think they are. I think they're going to turn it up. And I think they're going to they're going to do a number on the Jaguars in the second half of this game. I think by the time everything settles in, both teams are settled in, 
Jaguars, you know, they have a couple good plays. They might get a turnover. They might do a few good things in that first half. They might have a lead going into halftime. But I think the Titans are going to come in here a little bit sleepwalking and they'll 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 be they'll be woken up is what's going to happen. They're going to get woken up. So I see the Titans winning this one. I see that I see the Jaguars keeping it close. Hell, they could keep it close the whole game. I don't think that's going to happen, but I I do see the Titans winning this no matter what. So 325 games, we got uh, Green Bay versus the Detroit Lions. So we have the Packers versus the Lions. Nine and three Packers. Woo! Man, they're having a good year. Five and seven Lions. Very uh, hard to predict how these two teams will play each other. I like the Packers in this one. You know, I'm biased, though, so you shouldn't listen to me because I'm biased with the Packers. But I do like the Packers here. Uh, You know, something happens when we play the Lions where they always play us tough. They always play us close. But this year, I don't see it. Like, we beat them in week two, 42 to 21. We beat the Bears... Uh, the Vikings, something happens with the Vikings. They're like one of, they're, they're definitely our toughest rival in the modern era. They used to be the Bears, but it's not anymore. It's the Vikings. They're our toughest rival now. The Lions aren't. They're not tanking. They'll, they'll do good in the first half. They're a good first half team. They always play the Packers good in the first half, actually. But I think the Packers pull away. And I think that the way Rodgers is playing right now is very special. There's something special going on at Green Bay. And let me tell you why. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, that is the gift that keeps on giving. I think Devontae Adams may be uh, the best receiver to ever put on a Packard uniform uh, besides Donald Driver. Because I don't think anybody's ever going to pass that. Because of just how incredible Driver was and how tough Driver was and how physical Driver was. There's no one ever going to duplicate that on the Packers. That's a very special guy, Donald Driver. But, and what a blessing it was to watch him as a Packer fan. But when I look at Devontae Adams, I see this the new breed, the new generation of receiver. The receiver we've all come to love. The guy that's super fast, that can run a route better than anybody in the NFL right now. He's the best. Devontae Adams is the best route runner in the NFL right now. He may go down as the best route runner in history. There's always going to be questions about his physicality and is he tough enough to last a whole season and can he play every game and all this stuff. But when he plays, it's special, man. Devontae Adams and Rodgers, that combo, the defenses know it's coming. And there's not one cornerback in the NFL right now that could stop Devontae Adams. That's scary. 
That's a scary dude to have on your team that you know there's not a one cornerback that could shut him down for 60 minutes. Not one. Not in the NFL right now. There's not one cornerback you can name that could stop Devontae Adams for 60 minutes. Nobody. It won't happen. And he even uh, said something I was very impressed with. He said, I feel a little bit better because I'm catching up to guys who played all year. Because he knows he missed those couple games. That's that's powerful. Very powerful the way uh, he thinks. Um, how close uh, him and Rodgers are on this team. And everybody else is feeling that. That vibe that, vibe that those two have is, is going through the team. Now it's important not to get caught up in that. Because there's so many games to play. But what's important to note is that this is a special time for the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packer fans, and everybody who loves football because you're seeing something we haven't seen in a while. That that combo, that great connection. Yes, it was there. Rodgers and Jordy Nelson was a great combo, yeah. But, you know, Rodgers really had a lot of good talent around him at that time, too. You know, Randall Cobb was really good. Um, Greg Jennings was really good. I mean, you had a lot of guys. We're just talking about Devontae Adams, man. Devontae Adams' talent compared to the rest of the Packers' wide receivers' talent. Whoo! It's never been like that. I've never seen it like that. Donald Driver, yes, I did. It was like that with Donald Driver. They had to, uh, guys that were good during those times, right? They had their play. They had their guys. But the point was that Donald Driver was the elite on the Packers. And he stayed that way for years. You know what I mean? And he stayed in that form and that shape and that conditioning. And he could take a hit from the hardest hitter and get right back up. No problem. Never, uh, never phased. That's that's why, you know, when I when I would put together this Packers all-star team, I my two wide receivers I want, I want Devontae Adams, I want Donald Driver. Not in that order, but that's who I want. That's a, that'd be my two first receivers that I would pick on my team my, if I were putting a great team together. Oh, yeah. Because I know one thing, too. There's a big problem with drops in the NFL. Go back and look how many times Donald Driver dropped the ball. And watch your mouth drop. On how many times he was targeted and how many times he dropped the ball. Hit his hands and it, and it came out. Go look. Watch your mouth drop. That guy didn't drop the ball, man. That guy was tough as nails. And it's hard to find guys like that anymore. That's really my point. It's hard to find players like that anymore. Everybody wants the jazz. They want the flair. They want to be Chad Ochocinco. They want to be the next S. Bryant, the next Antonio Brown. Once the last time I heard a guy say he want to be next down driver. But that's the mentality now, is what I'm telling you. The mentality's changed. Instead of being, I want to be tough, I want to be physical, I want to be able to catch any ball that's thrown at me, it's now like I want to be able to score that touchdown and do that, that the celebration dance. I want to be able to uh, have, a, have a couple uh, records next to my name. It's no longer about being a tough, physical monster like Megatron, right? It's not like that. It's it's not. It's I got to be fast, the fastest guy. I got I got to be the quickest guy. Okay, that's great. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying the mentality's changed. You don't see guys like that anymore. That's why it's just a different game now. The mentality's changed, and it will continue to evolve. 
but it's definitely interesting to watch as a fan that's been watching it for as long as I have, which is a very long time. So we got the Packers. I feel like they're going to put a beat down on the Lions in the second half. Preston Super Show, you heard it here first. Packers put a beat down on the Lions this week. Mark it down. You got Aaron Jones running the ball. He's a phenomenal athlete. Um, I mean, just phenomenal. Then uh, we move on to the next game. So I spent a lot of time on the Packers. And, you know, like I said, I'm biased. You shouldn't listen to me. I'm, I'm biased with the Packers. Colts versus the Las Vegas Raiders. What is Phillip Rivers like the best competitor in the NFL? Is he the best competitor? I feel like he is. I have to give him credit, man. I mean, eight and four Colts. This is your first year with the Colts, and uh, it's looking good. It's looking promising, if you ask me. T.Y. Hilton really hasn't even got involved like we expected him to. That's what's insane. You got eight wins, and T.Y. Hilton was the man. Everybody was talking about T.Y. Hilton before the season started. Go back and look. Go back and look at your favorite people on social media. T.Y. Hilton was their guy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm just saying. But the Raiders are also a team that is in a prime position to make the playoffs if they can just keep winning. And they're not going to take their foot off the gas. You're going to have a ton more reasons to go with the Colts in this game. And I do think the Colts win this on the road. I think they're going to be very focused. I think the Raiders are at home. We know what happens when the Raiders are at home. It's Vegas, baby. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. It's not the Oakland Raiders. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, we got casinos, blackjack, craps. What you want to play? You think we're talk- we think we're- You think we're worried about football? Come on now. All the showgirls in the world are the best showgirls in the world. Come on now. I think we're worried about football. So the Las Vegas Raiders 7-5 and five at home. Derek Carr is going to be worried about football. I don't think he's a blackjack player. I don't know though. Uh, Indianapolis Colts coming to town. Their plan is to come in here, get the bag, and make a stop at the casino before they get back on the plane and come back to Indianapolis where it's dull boring I'm just kidding Indianapolis is a very actually nice popping town before COVID-19 now it's yeah it's dull and boring but it is tough sports betting in Indy, uh, Indiana so you don't you know you don't need to go to Vegas for that but it's, it's the experience right it's the experience you can't get that you go to Indianapolis you get the experience you go to Las Vegas for that so they're going to get plenty of experience Phillip Rivers is, uh, I feel like he's going to go on a tear. I think the Raiders secondary is soft. I don't, I don't think they, uh, can throw a blanket on us on a sleeping person. I think that it's, it's just one of these things, you know, you see with a lot of teams, like they have parts of their team that are good. Like their their defensive front will be good. But then the back half of the defense is like, what are you guys doing back here? Like, what are you doing? Like, we're giving up all these yards and we're sweating our nuts off and you guys just keep giving up the deep ball. And that's what's going to happen because Phillip Rivers is dialed in right now. Um, I've noticed that he's playing on a very high level, one of the highest levels in his career. 
Um, and I don't say that lightly. I really do mean that. And they beat Houston 26-20. That was a nail-biter against Houston. That, that game could have went either way. But because of the intensity, because of the tenacity of the Indianapolis Colts defense, they were able to hold Houston off. Um, I, I just have to say, I like this Colts team. I think they're the better complete team. I think it's going to be a good game to watch because the Colts have been up against the best running backs in the NFL already this year. And now they get to go up against another, another tough challenge this week because the Raiders are a good running team. Um, so that's going to be a good little battle to watch there. The, uh, Colts front seven versus the, uh, Raiders offensive line. Um, and I think the, I I think the Raiders offensive line will handle their own, but I do think that the Colts have a very underrated defense, a very athletic defense. Everybody, you know, was really high on them. They started to, you know, uh, pull their stock out, but now the stock's starting to trend up again. So I like uh, the Colts this week. Give me the Colts. And I think they do it well. I think they do it well. Over, unders 15.5 on that game. Colts minus 2.5 on the spread. Favorites, Colts. And I like the favorites. Next game, New York Jets 0-12. Worst team uh, ever. And uh, they're playing the Seattle Seahawks 8-4. Uh, Seattle Seahawks minus 13 and a half favorite on the spread. They'll, they'll win that. They'll get that. That's a, that's a good bet over under 46 and a half. That's laughable. They'll probably be like, cause cause the Seattle Seahawks aren't like an offensive powerhouse. They're starting to look like they did at the end of last year, just slowing down, made our way to the playoff and then we're done. That's it. We did our part. We got our bonus checks. So Seattle Seahawks, uh, 305, they're kicking the ball off, and they'll probably kick it right out of bounds uh, because both these teams are, I'm not impressed anymore. But I, I will say that I never, like Tom Brady, I'm the same way with Russell Wilson. Like, that's a rule of thumb I have. You don't want to be going against Tom Brady too much. Don't be a knucklehead. And you don't want to be going against uh, Seattle Seahawks, uh, Ru- Russell Wilson. You don't want to be going against Russell Wilson, dangerous Russ. Come on now against the 0-12 Jets, you're just looking for uh, clout. You know, come on. Don't be going against Russell Wilson against this scrub team. So, what do you know? Uh, Chris Carson running the ball is effective for the Seahawks. Um, But he still doesn't look 100%. Uh, We'll have to see how this plays out. But I I don't see the Jets getting their first win here. I don't. I really don't. I think uh, Russell Wilson's really good on bouncing back after a loss, and he's even more focused. And which is crazy because I look at him like the freaking perfect, like the like the professor. Russell Wilson is dialed in, dude. Like he, this guy is amazing, and his eyes stay downfield. He, when he's fighting guys off him in the pocket, like when he's shaking a guy off, his eyes are still downfield. That dude, that is what they teach you as a quarterback but the problem is that guys don't do that because they get uh tent they they tense up they they get frightened and russell wilson dangerous russell wilson does not get frightened he's not scared of the freaking jets and uh, nobody on the seahawks is especially Pete carroll and if Pete, Pete carroll's not scared of you then man you're you're definitely nothing so uh giving the seahawks 
Uh, they'll beat up on the Jets pretty good here. Minus 13 and a half. Oh, yeah. They'll cover that. They're, what are the Jets going to do? Score 12, score 12 points. As many points as uh, they got losses. That's what I think about the Jets. Next game, 325 p.m. kickoff. New Orleans versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, New Orleans 10-2 on the season. This is a team that's just had... Every year, this team's facing, like, animosity and problems and other teams would cave in. But the Saints just overcome it and it becomes last week's news. Like, Drew Brees goes down and uh, it's like, ah, no problem. That was, you didn't think we were ready for that? You know, yeah, we got rid of Teddy Bridgewater, but we had a backup plan for that. So they're going to play the Eagles who just... The, do we think Carson Wentz is still the guy? Come on now. Jalen Hurts is the guy, and that's not good because it's not like he's going to slice up New Orleans. He could, but he won't. And Philadelphia is at home, so New Orleans is coming on the road. I like I like road teams. New Orleans is coming, uh, coming on the road, especially in, in the year of COVID. Um, road teams are where it's at. You know, you're on the road, you're facing adversity, you're facing COVID, you you got to be so careful, and then you get to get on the field, you're just ready to let loose, and that's what's going to happen here. That's definitely what's going to happen here, and the Eagles defense isn't going to slow down the New Orleans Saints, um, even if I was a quarterback, because I would just keep giving the ball to the playmakers, like more quarterbacks should probably do, but... At least with the New Orleans Saints, minus seven and a half favorites, the over under at forty three and a half. That's going over. You're not going to be able to get. Uh, it, you're not going to get it that low once the game starts. This is going to be quick scores, quick scores by the Saints. They're going to be taking shots. They're not scared. They're not. They have no respect for the Eagles' defense, and they're going to show you exactly that on game day. They're going to show you that. They're going to show you that because they know who they are. They know who they beat. They're 10 and 3. They're not trying to forfeit a one or a two seed and home field advantage in the playoffs like it even matters. No, what, the 100 fans? Come on. Taysom Hill expected to start. The guy's a freak of nature. He's a freak of nature. He can run the ball. He's, you know, obviously. He was never really there to pass the ball, so now he's got he's been this has been thrust on him. And he has to step up to the challenge, seize the opportunity. So we'll see. But I, I don't I don't think it'll matter that much. Eagles Eagles defense isn't locking guys down exactly. Um and I think the Jalen Hurts experiment is not gonna be a success this year. Sorry, you're three and eight and one. Uh your head coach is a disaster and you're defense is a disaster and your offense is a disaster everything's bad for the eagles so being at home doesn't help them i like new orleans saints to roll in that game and you know you, you all the playmakers are on the saints face it what playmaker do the eagles have who is their guy when they're down who's their guy because uh, i tell you one thing um latavius murray can come in here run the ball successfully against the Eagles. And uh, Latavius Murray is also a guy that could be a starter on a lot of teams. Latavius Murray could start for the Eagles this week. Right? 
So let's not get carried away. The Saints have plenty of firepower. They're going to be fine. Atlanta versus the Chargers in our next game. So you have the Atlanta Falcons, who are 4-8, versus the Los Angeles Chargers, who are 3-9 on the season. So two lowly teams. Atlanta is not where they expected to be. The Chargers are probably where they expected to be. Minus two and a half, uh, at least in the front office. But minus two and a half, Atlanta's a favorite. Over 49 and a half. Uh, this is where I think it's definitely going to be under. Um, that's just a high number because of the Chargers, how poor they played last week. They're going to rise up this week. You could be 45 to nothing by a Patriots team that's got like four stringers out there. You're coming to play this week. And you're at home. Uh, they got to eat plenty of steak. Uh, or if they're on the vegan, whatever they do, they're eating good. And they're going to be in plenty good condition to get some revenge this week. They're going to take their anger out on the Falcons. Who... Don't they don't protect Matt Ryan, so it's not like they like the Falcons' offensive line is this dominant offensive line that just pushes defensive guys to their ass. Like that's not gonna happen. Sorry to sorry to break the news to you. So I like the Chargers in this one, and they're gonna be probably a big dog. I don't know. That's gonna change a lot. I feel like because how do you say Atlanta minus two and a half? What have they showed you? So yeah, Chargers plus one twenty five. I like that's great. But I just, you know, straight up, Chargers. Um, I don't care who their quarterback is because a quarterback for Atlanta uh, is, is used to. It used to be that Matt Ryan was the greatest quarterback in the regular season for a few years. Like he was the great, the greatest quarterback in the regular season, and then he just faltered in the playoffs, and they were out so fast, so fast your head would spin trying to find out where they went. And now it's like Matt Ryan down. So what? Big deal. Like he still can throw the ball. Matty Ice. He's not Matty Ice anymore. He's not. He he doesn't deserve that nickname anymore. So give me the Chargers. They'll run up a check. I think it'll be close. I think it'll come down to a field goal. I think the Chargers defense is going to play tough. They're going to empty it out. Empty the tank out. And uh, whatever they have is have left at the end of this game is what they have left. But I think it comes down to probably a field goal. I think the Chargers run up a check here. I like the L.A. Chargers to beat the Atlanta Falcons. Next game, 325 p.m. Washington Redskins versus San Francisco. Both teams 5-7 and seven on the year. San Francisco minus 3.5 favorite on the spread. Over under set at 43. I like the Washington Redskins in this game. Oh, yeah. I'm not buying the hype on San Francisco 49ers. I think what you're what you're seeing with the 49ers is I think this. I think you're seeing just them catching teams at the right time. Like they caught Buffalo. Buffalo's feeling good. Or, I mean, they caught the Rams when the Rams were feeling good. You know, they've beaten teams... You know, like the Rams, they beat them twice. They beat the Patriots, the Jets, the Giants. So they're not, it's not like they're beating teams that are really good. And the Washington Redskins, this is a team at the beginning of the year, their defense I was thinking was the worst. 
but they've gotten better over the course of the season. And they've gotten good enough that they're on a three-game win streak over Cincinnati, Dallas, and Pittsburgh. Now, that's the outlier. That's the one you look at and say, okay, they beat them 23-17. to That's good defense. That's real. That's great defense. So when I compare these two teams, the 49ers' best defensive players are they're out, out indefinitely. So the case can be made for the Washington Redskins to win this one pretty easily. I like the Redskins just because I think with the quarterback situation they got, the feel-good story they got going on there, um, I like it. Allen looks like he's still going to be out. So, you know, you got Alex Smith. Um, and he did, uh, let's see, tw- uh, 31 for 46, 296 yards and a touchdown and the win over the Steelers. Very smart, high IQ quarterback. Still athletic enough to get out of the pocket and throw the ball. I got to roll with Alex Smith to beat his former team. Don't forget that, that this is the team that got rid of him for Colin Kaepernick, who's not even around anymore. Colin Kaepernick's in the echo chamber, just yelling whatever he can on social media to stay relevant. Alex Smith's still playing ball, brother. Still playing ball, sucking it up, doing what he has to do, went through hell, lived through hell, and Alex Smith is still playing ball. Okay? So give me the Washington Redskins to show up. Give me their defense to show up. Give me Alex Smith to show up. And he's going to give us a really good game. This is the feel-good story of the year. Alex Smith, quarterback for Washington Redskins. Feel-good story. He's going to beat his former team. They got rid of him for Colin Kaepernick. With a coach that's not even there. The coach went to Michigan. The coach got out of town after that. He's in Michigan. How good are they doing? How good is Michigan football doing right now? Whew. These are the people that were making the decisions? Whew. Man, we're in trouble. Wow. These people, if these type of people can get power, wow. So now we move to the Sunday night game. Pittsburgh, right? We're talking about Pittsburgh. Talking about Buffalo. And now the reality is starting to set in with Pittsburgh. The offense that they think they have is the offense they don't really have. Yes, Chase Claypool, Rookie of the Year. Absolutely. No question, no doubt. Give them the award now. But they're going to lose this game. The Buffalo Bills, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming into Buffalo. Don't forget that. Pittsburgh on the road. I like road teams. I like teams after a loss to bounce back but Buffalo is hot at the right time it's going to be cold it's going to be nasty it's going to be a, it's going to be a game that is low scoring I think a low scoring game I think a lot like that Monday night game that the Steelers had but short week for the Steel Curtain so 
I don't know. I, I just think on a short week, you took a, a beating uh, in that game. You're 11-1. and one. Buffalo knows that if they beat you, okay, they get 10 wins. Now you have two losses. Oh, wow, that puts us in a great spot to try to win out and grab that first seed or grab that second seed, get a little home field advantage, a little cushion, you know, for this playoff run that the Buffalo Bills will make. I mean, 9-3, you're, you're, you're in the playoffs. I mean, what else has got to happen here? But it's going to be an ugly weather game. The weather's going to be very ugly. <clears throat> We're going to get some rain. Mother Nature is going to rear her head. And uh, you can find a lot of reasons to go with Pittsburgh. But Buffalo's minus one and a half favorite on the spread. Over under set at 48, I think under. But I like the Buffalo Bills because I think they're hot at the right time. December teams carry over. And uh, the last two games... Okay. On the 29th of November, they beat the Chargers 27-17. They just beat the 49ers, which is a good a good still a good team. 49ers are still a good team. Beat them by 10 uh just a week ago or just a few days ago on the 7th. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing a trend that the Buffalo Bills had a four-game win streak going. They lost Arizona in a nail-biter. I mean, a really, really close game. And now, here they are. And they're ready on a two-game win streak looking to carry that over because they know they have... Their path is clear. The Buffalo Bills are one of those teams that their path is really clear right now. Went out and you probably get the first seed. At worst, you get the second seed. It starts with Pittsburgh. And I think they bought in. I think it's a team that bought, has bought into their coach. I think it's a team that's buying into the system. And I, I see Pittsburgh. I see what they're doing. I I like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are almost, in a way, destined for the Super Bowl. Like the, I see the Packers. I, I think we're going to see a Packers-Steelers rematch of the Super Bowl this year. But I... I see this game going to Buffalo. The specific game, Buffalo takes this one. They're hot at the right time. They're the, they're the team at home. Um, it's a it's a crap weather game, but it's on their field, in their backyard. They got all the momentum right now. Where the Steelers, after that beating they took, and then a short week, I don't like them. Last game, Monday night. Baltimore Ravens seven and five versus the Cleveland Browns nine and three. Baltimore's minus two and a half on the spread over under set at forty seven and a half. This will go over that. Cleveland, I'm taking to win. I like Cleveland in this one. Uh, I think that they're just a better all around team right now. Baltimore's defense is suspect. Cleveland's doing all the right things. They're allowing Mayfield to uh, get out from under the center and, and play his game. Baltimore struggles to get after the quarterback. Uh, they struggle to stop the run. They're going to have their work cut out for them. They're notorious for beating the Browns and uh, almost infamous for beating the Browns. So I think that that uh, narrative starts to turn this week. And I think Cleveland Browns do take this one. Uh, their offense is opening up. Their defense is buckling down. 
And then you look at the Baltimore Ravens. You look at a team with Lamar Jackson. It's like, yeah, he's he's throwing sidearm, man. The guy's throwing sidearm. I get it. He's great. He's talent with his legs. He throws the ball sidearm, dude. And I'm just not seeing it. And I think that the Browns' defense is very underrated. Very underrated. And for what they've been able to accomplish, being 9-3 and three in a year of COVID where they were, at best, expected to get five wins, this is a great football team. So uh, Cleveland Browns, they're definitely not fraudulent, uh, but the Baltimore Ravens are. They're a fraudulent team right now, and I think you're going to see that in this game. I think you're going to see that play out. I think it's, um, I don't think that's a trap, uh, Baltimore minus two and a half. I think it's a trap if you take that, but I would be going the other way. I'd be swinging the other way on that, plus two and a half on Cleveland if I was going to play the spread. But I like Cleveland straight up. They're going to beat Baltimore. Um, Does Baltimore keep it close? Probably. Probably. But it won't matter because in the end, the Browns will control the ball longer. They'll be able to run the ball a lot more efficiently and a lot more effectively. Give me the Browns. All right, thanks for listening to today's show. You can find the show on anchor.fm slash Preston Super Show on Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the podcast players you like. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find my show. Also, go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash c slash preston o you find more videos there fancypreston.com uh read uh, a lot of different articles of various things i have put up on the website and just like the hands of time i'm turning it over to you good night everyone